Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Cortal English podcast. Today, we are here again with Zach Lowy. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing very well, Dennis. Uh, super excited to finally have a name for our podcast, Cortalinhas Podcast. Um, you know, we had a great episode to start the show, but I think that this one will be even better because we have got an incredible guest uh, on hand today that I'm super excited to be speaking with. Yeah, um, and so we move to our super exciting guest um, here today. Welcome to Vitor Gonçalves. Uh, how are you doing, Vitor? Thank you, Dennis. I'm good, I'm good, Dennis. Thank you, Zach, for the invitation. I'm very good. Thank All you right, for so, having me. So today we're going to be going through um, a couple of different stuff. Um, but first, we just want to hear a bit about what you do, Vitor. So can you like explain some of the stuff that you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, uh, first, I think that I need to explain a little bit about my company. So I work in Pro11. Pro11 is an agency that deals with football players and coaches. So uh, it was created by my brother 22 years ago. So we started as a, I, I can say, as a dream. And now it's a solid project, one of the, the best agencies in the world. So I think that... Uh, we, we all succeed because now we have a team of 25 person working daily in the company. So I'm just one of the, the, that person. What I do daily, it's, uh, it depends, okay? So when the market is open, I do uh, some kind of uh, daily work and when it's closed, so I have uh, other tasks. But mostly I'm one of the, one of the co-owners of Pro11. So I organize a team of, uh, of different departments and I'm in charge with, uh, with uh, the market. Um, I coordinate uh, the, the other account managers. So we are divided in the market by account managers, by countries, by clubs. So I'm one of the, the coordinators that uh, try to coordinate it all. So we have now a team of 25 person, as I said, in five different departments. We have three offices here in, in Lisbon and we have a lot of network. We represent, um, give or take 100 clients in 20 countries. So what I can say about Pro11, we are from Portugal, but we, are, we spread all over the world. So in short um, story, that's it. Yeah, some very interesting work um, that I'm sure you do, especially when the market's open, um, representing clients like David Carmel. Um, Yeah, so first of all, I just wanted to start this episode with um, a quick conversation about the games at the weekend. So obviously we saw Benfica join their game um, 1-1, which means that they're they're probably going to slip further behind Sporting, who play um, later today. Tonight, yeah. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, on that, Vitor and Zach, about um, you know, Benfica's poor form slumping again um, to another draw? It's funny. Well, I mean, sport, sport. no, go ahead, Vitor. Go ahead. I, I just saw like 20 minutes of the game. It uh, was, was, uh, was a, a holiday here. Well, not a holiday. It was, was a Sunday here. So I had a, an appointment with my girlfriend. So I just saw... Uh, <laughs> 20 minutes of the game but this year is very unusual to to Benfica so Benfica I think that made um, good signs have a great uh, team have a good coach and somehow uh, the results are not uh, are not um, are not there so uh, I don't know what is happening 
but but it's true. So Benfica th- th- this year uh, for for the season or the championship they are done. Okay, so we will see about uh, next year. But uh, I I truly believe that Sporting will will not easily, but will win this this championship for sure. Uh, Zach, yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, in in a few minutes we've got probably the game of the weekend, uh, yeah. quote unquote weekend, Sporting against Basos Jifajeda. And it, I, I don't know who Benfica fans will be rooting for because on the one hand, if Sporting win, they're just one step closer to the title. On the other hand, if Pasos win, they're level on points with Benfica. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit ironic. Um, obviously, both games you know, uh, did Sporting some favors. Uh, Braga did beat Santa Clara, but with, with Porto and Benfica dropping points, did Sporting a lot of favors going into today's game. Um, and yeah, I watched the game. It was, uh, I didn't think it was a bad performance from Benfica. I mean, I think the first half, they really did dominate. They created a lot of chances. Um, I think we knew from the start that it was going to be Benfica on the front foot. Vasco Siabra, um, coach of Morinich, going with a defensive system, you know, three at the back, wing backs, just trying to uh, protect the box and allow Benfica to have the lion's share of possession. Um, so we saw Benfica, you know, having, well, Diogo Gonçalves starting in the place of the injured Gilberto and, and Alex Grimaldo both playing as almost wingbacks, you know, extremely advanced uh, positioning. Uh, and so just completely creating a ton of chances early on. Uh, they did open the scoring via Harris Safarovic, a very, uh, maligned player in the Benfica fan base, but, you know, who does score goals, misses a lot of chances too, but, um, you know, Benfica really should have gone into the, the, the halftime with, I think, a two-goal, three-goal, even four-goal advantage. They created enough chances, but they went into halftime tied 1-1 because of a penalty that was conceded uh, right before halftime. I believe it was, it was Walderson who just completely destroyed Grimaldo and, 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 and got the penalty, which was then converted uh, before halftime. You know, I, I have to say, I mean, Grimaldo was a very, has been a very promising player for quite some time, but, you know, at 26 years old or 25, I'm, I'm not sure. He, he just, I feel like he hasn't quite reached the potential that we expected of him. You know, I lo- know that a lot of people say, oh, Grimaldo, he's such an underrated player. He should be playing at, you know, a Champions League club like City or PSG. Like, if you watch the games, you will realize what the scouts of PSG and City and Juventus have realized for quite some time, that while he is a technically gifted player who who does bring some stuff to the table, he has his limitations. And, you know, there is a reason why he hasn't gotten a big move yet. You know, he's been in Benfica for... I think what five years now and uh he just both on the offensive end and the defensive end like if you watch a Benfica game you will realize why he hasn't gotten a big move yet because he's at you know he's still such an incredibly limited player um and he just he just has to be doing better as one of the more experienced and talented players in that squad I think that he just needs to be doing better um but yeah, going into the second half, I thought that one, I thought that Weigel uh, being subbed off for for the um, 
being subbed off, I thought that that kind of turned the tide a bit in Warner Ranch's favor. They started having plenty of dangerous counterattacks um, and really could have could have ended up winning the game. They had plenty of chances in the closing minutes. At the end, it was a 1-1 draw, but uh, they could have easily won. Um, and I, I think it does say, it does, I, I mean, Adele Tarvat, as talented as he is, as, as fun as he is to watch, he just isn't a natural defensive midfielder. And playing him in that role, you're going to end up getting burnt because he is not the player who will protect the defense. He's a great deep-lying playmaker, but he just doesn't have those kinds of characteristics. And, you know, it does make me wonder if they had Florentino Luis on the bench instead of on the bench at Monaco, uh, would the result have been any different? You know, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that both teams can probably feel uh, that they deserve to draw, maybe not Benfica, but at the end of the day, they should have put away their chances in the first half. Um, finally, one, one last thing I want to touch up on is uh, we saw one interesting change from the start. Helton Leitch coming into goal um, for Odysseus Flachodimos. I thought that was very interesting. I know that George Jesus wanted a goalkeeper uh, last summer and ended up having, you know, Helton Leitch, who um, isn't quite like a world beater, but, you know, was given the start. Uh, Vitor, Dennis, what, what do you think about Helton Leitch? Do you think that he can provide a genuine challenge to Vlachodimos uh, in the goalkeeper position this in the final months of the season. I, 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 I like him, okay? So I, I think if uh, George Zouz played him, so must be showing something in, 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 in the training sessions. So um, I don't know the, if they were looking for one. I, I don't have that information for sure. But uh, I, I think he's a talented uh, goalkeeper, yeah. So we will see what happened. But I, I don't see it as his, his fault, okay? Um, so I, I don't, okay? So it's, uh, um, th there was uh, other games that Mifika played well and the results didn't come out as, as, uh, as it should. So sometimes it's like this, we, we call it the star, okay? So the lucky star. And Bifika doesn't have the, the, the season. So the, 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 the team is a little bit, I don't know, anxious. The results are not showing, so it's um, um, a lot of stuff on on the players' head, I believe, and they they they, they enter the game almost defeated. Uh, so it's something that they need. I think that a good coach also need to to communicate well in the dressing room to try to change that that this drive. Okay, and Befica is with a bad drive this season. That's my feeling. Yeah, definitely. I think Benfica definitely had a bad feeling, like we talked about um, in the first episode of the Cortrengas podcast. But I do think that the draw is just compounding the misery that's gone along all season. Um, obviously, you know, you talk about Florentino Luis, should he have gone out on loan? I think probably not. He's not getting an awful amount of game time at Monaco. Um, I wouldn't say that he's getting higher quality game time in terms of the players that he's playing against. Um, I wouldn't say that the league is like worlds ahead of the Liga Nosh. Um, so I think, you know, maybe Jorge Jesus, he won't admit it, but uh, he, maybe he made a mistake in in letting Florentino Luis go. But apart from that, I think, yeah, just the whole season, like I talked about last episode, has just 
essentially gone off a cliff. There was so much optimism and it's just failed to deliver. And um, another team that's like failed to deliver as of late um, is Porto. Obviously sitting seven points behind Sporting now um, and Sporting having a game in hand, which they're going to play tonight. It's a big gap, 10 points it could be. That's a big gap that they could have to make up. And Sporting have been playing very well recently. So I don't really see them being able to catch up, you know, last season's title winners. Um, Zach, Vitor, what are your thoughts on, on Porto recently? Well, I mean, I w- Porto... Go ahead, Vitor. Yeah, yeah, Zach, go, 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 please. No, it's just... Okay, well, the Porto-Boavista match, what an insane match that was. I mean, going into the derby, um, you know, Boavista, a team that had spent a lot of money last summer uh, on some exciting players, including one thing that surprised me, playing 5 million euros for Chidozi Awazim of, of the Porto, uh, totally not money laundering at all, totally clean. Uh, very bizarre business, though. I mean, I, I think that, um, and, and, and now, of course, after all that money spent, Boavista are still in the relegation zone, uh, despite all that talent. It's, it's kind of, it's a bit similar to Benfica. Obviously, Benfica are still in the top four, whereas Boavista are in the relegation zone. But it's like, with that much talent at your disposal, how are you not you know, how are you not higher up the table? It just doesn't really make sense. But we saw in the first half a very good performance from, from Boavista. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, looking at, you know, going up two, two goals to, to nil at halftime via goals from Jackson Perozo and Albert Ellis, who I'll talk about a little more, but uh, really promising performance from him, the Honduran forward, um, at halftime, you saw Sergio Conceição make a few changes, uh, taking off three three young players who were built in who 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 were made in in Porto's academy, right? Diogo Lech, uh, João Mario, and Fabio Vieira, taking them off at halftime. Um, eventually, Medi Taremi uh, brought them within one within uh, one one goal, two two to one. But it's funny, after, after taking off those three young players who were made in Porto's academy, it just so happened that the player who really changed the game, who really turned the game in Porto's favor, uh, was Sergio Conceição's son, 18-year-old Francisco Chico Conceição. Um, and, and, you know, you saw Sergio just a few minutes after Conceição's uh, entrance. You saw Sergio Oliveira converting a penalty, had another penalty that he missed. Uh, in the closing minutes, Evan Nielsen, um, Evan Nielsen scored, but, but it was later a null due to VAR. So I think that it was a game where neither team will be that happy to take just one point. But uh, yeah, one of the craziest games from this entire campaign. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I have to point out also because of the Porto and Benfica bad performance and the Sporting good performance because Sporting is not in Europe. So uh, Sporting, if we look uh, back into the beginning, started really bad this season by being out of the Europe League. So it was uh, um, amazing. And I think that um, gave him the, the perspective to, to concentrate on the league. So this gave, uh, gave Sporting like uh, some advantage. 
toward the, the other opponents. Uh, regarding Porto, of course, we were expecting more of, uh, of Porto as uh, ex-champion, but somehow it's the same as Bifica. Things are not going well. They change uh, the team, uh, but the, the results are not there. The opportunities uh, sometimes are created, but they, they didn't happen. And so I, I think it's uh, something that, uh, I don't know how, how to, to, to explain. Uh, the, the, the players are there, the coach is the same, so somehow the, the results are, are not there. So regarding that game, was a little bit uh, pushy for both sides, and uh, in, in, in the end was a, was a bad result for the, for. Sorry, I have a in call. I rejected. Was was a was a um, um, a disaster for Porto, and we will see what happened now in coming back to the to the Europe League um, games. Uh, what what Porto will do? Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, like you said, they did. They didn't start the season uh, very well, um, obviously, and they're not in European competition anymore, which is obviously a, a massive benefit um, to Porto. Uh, obviously, not having to play the midweek games early in the season uh, thing uh, currently right now. So obviously, Benfica are going to have to play against Arsenal, which is yeah. looking like a game that it's going to be a hard one to win. It's looking interesting, but it will definitely be hard for them. I mean, we do know Jesus, he's, he's good at the knockout tournaments. You know, that's one of the key reasons that he was brought back. You know, he did win uh, the Copa yep. Libertadores last year. He did um, get Benfica very far in the Europa League um, when he was at Benfica for the first time. Um, but I think he's definitely got a struggle in his hands. Um, so the next thing that I wanted to talk about was a couple of young players that... Um, a lot of us really like. So first I wanted to talk about um, Carmo. Obviously, I know Zach um, loves Carmo and I'm sure Vitor will know a lot about him. Yeah. Um, from Pro 11. Um, Vitor, first off, what are your thoughts on, on Carmo on the whole? Well, Carmo is, uh, I think he, he got it all. So he has a, he has a quality. Um, so he, he can he can play uh, with the ball between lines. He is he, very fast, aggressive. So I, I think that will be a, a huge talent in the future and he will go up to, to the major the leagues, for sure. Okay, so he has the mentality, he has the, the physicality, so he's got it all. And you know that we are representing him, so for us it's one of the top talents that we want to, well, to, to, to take it to the top. Yeah, Zach, um, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately... Uh top players who, who have incredible potential, they don't stay in Portugal for that long. No. Um, so, you know, despite Carmo's long-term horrendous injury that he suffered last week, uh, which will keep him out for the remainder of the season, I, I do think that he will come back stronger. And uh, I think that he will get a big move soon. I know that Roma were linked, uh, I think, in the summer. Could have could have definitely joined uh, another club in the winter. I know that Liverpool were linked. Um, so very talented player who, let's remember, has has only been playing uh, professional football for I think around a year. Um, you know, he did have that breakthrough performance in the in the U twenty yeah. um, the U19 Euros right back in twenty eighteen, where came, coming into the side uh, for Diogo Queiroz and helping Portugal win the tournament. 
Um, finally got his breakthrough uh, around a year ago, a little more than a year ago, and has just been incredible in, in um, for Braga. Uh, as as Vitor pointed out, you know he has really impressive vision on the ball, which I think definitely helps him stand out from a lot of other center backs in Portugal. Uh, still an incredibly young player. I think he's just what 21 years old. Um, so despite the injury. I do think that he's he's definitely one player who could get a big move soon. Um, you know, Braga have had a good track record of exporting talents as of late. They obviously sold Francisco Trincao to Barcelona, um, you know, sold Paulinho to Sporting. I think that Carmo, despite the injury, I, I do expect him to get a big move. He does have some things he needs to work on, I think, in terms of the timing of his tackles and other things that just come with experience, um, you know, it's, but, but I think that when you look at his physical attributes, you know, his ability in the air, his ability to win duels, um, but above all his, his vision and, you know, his ability to break the lines, I think there are definitely some very positive signs there. Um, you know, he's a physical BMF. I think he's what six four, and uh, you know, very good physical build. Uh, so there's a lot to like there. Um, I mean, Portugal are still searching for uh, really the the, the long term successors of Pepe and Jose Font, who you know uh, helped Portugal win the 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 2016 yep. Euros. Both players who I think are around what 38. 39. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, one of those players is going to be Juven Diaz, who has had an, a phenomenal season at City. But alongside Diaz, we're not really sure yet who that other player could be. Maybe Diogo Queiroz, maybe Diogo Leite, maybe Juven Semedo, you know. But but I think that David Carmo is certainly one player who, who could easily form a rock-solid duo uh, with Diaz in the in the heart of the Selkaz defense. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm. I. I really like Carmo. I think, you know, um, that ball playing ability that has almost become a necessity for the the modern centre back. I think he's he's really good at that. He's really comfortable with the ball, and that's something that will definitely play him into contention. Um, for and he, for and, and, he can, and he can play with the system of uh, two um, uh, central backs or three central backs. That is very important also for the, some some kind of uh, leagues and, and big teams. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the way that he can adapt to the different system. Yeah, that adaptability definitely what a lot of um, analysts who are looking at players that the club could bring in, definitely something that they'll look at. Um, obviously, you know, um, he, he does have a certain skill set. He does have some uh, flaws that he, he needs to work on, like um, being able to cover his pace and not being too rash in a tackle. Because obviously he doesn't have a lot of pace, you know, to be able to come back. Um, and a lot of the the bigger teams they do have a quite a high line, so he might have to you know work on um, how he can cover that against you know some of the some of the better players in the world. Um, but yeah, I think right now he's currently got um, a really good trajectory, um, and definitely looking at getting into one of the the bigger clubs in the world. Um, Vitor, is there I anyone just, else that you'd like to highlight? About the player, no, his mentality. So he's a, he's a guy that uh, likes a lot to train hard. So it's very important also for the for the coaches that like this kind of mentality. So he gives it all in the training sessions. This is very important. 
and he's a guy that he, he can he can listen and he can uh, learn. So he he knows that he, he still have some uh, some uh, things to improve, and he's willing to. So I think it's very important when you have a, a, a gifted player, but with a humble uh, being humble to, to 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 learn. Okay, so this is I think it's very important also for his future, and he he, he got that. And, and just to finalize this discussion on Karma, I think that, you know, it's obviously a shame that he got injured and that he won't be getting a big move for at least another year. But really, staying at Braga and, and you know, training in, in, his, in his boyhood club, it's really not the worst thing for his career. I think that in many aspects, probably a better, it, it could be, you know, better for him to stay at Braga for another year than, than you know, join Real Madrid or, or Barcelona, right? I think that Braga is the perfect team for him at the moment to just, you know, brush up his skills. Carlos Cavajal, obviously a fantastic manager. Um, it's really not the end of the world for him to, to have to, you know, get back to top form at Braga before getting a big move. Uh, so, you know, we will definitely be hearing Carmo's name again very soon. Oh, well. Yeah, definitely. Um, another player that, um, you'll know Vitor, and I'm sure Zach will know, as I'm sure a lot of the audience will know, um, is Diogo Dalo. Obviously, he's gone out on loan from Man United to AC Milan. Um, seems that, you know, AC Milan might want to keep him there. United might want to keep him. Um, he has shown good he has shown good potential across his career, and he's definitely delivered upon some of it at AC Milan this season. But I wouldn't say that he's quite lit this, um, you know, he's put the Serie A on fire. Um, what do you think, Zach, um, first off, coming to you about Diogo Dalo this season? Yeah, I mean, Dalo, we actually featured him in, uh, in BTL's top 20, uh, U20 Portuguese talents back in, I think, 2017, before he'd even made his Porto debut. Um, so, you know, a player who had a, had a great short run of format at Porto, eventually joined Manchester United. Uh, while they were trying, to, while Porto were trying to renew his contract, um, I do think that it he was a bit unlucky though, because Jose Mourinho, I think, clearly wanted to bring him into the side. It only lasted a few months with Mourinho before uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, came in and replaced him midway through the season. And you know, sometimes it, it can be just as simple as that. You know, a manager comes into the side and and doesn't really rate uh, young players. So I, I was a bit surprised at the load did not get more opportunities. I think that uh, maybe he wasn't a better right back than Aaron Wan-Bissaka, but I definitely think that he offered uh, different characteristics to Wan-Bissaka. Um, but, you know, I think that the Milan loan move, uh, yes, he still has a lot to work on, but I think it's been a good move for him in terms of his career. The bottom line, he just needed to get regular playing time. And, you know, while he isn't, he hasn't really upstaged either David Calabria or Thiago Hernandez uh, in the side, he is getting a lot of game time under Stefano Pioli, you know, playing regularly for, for one of the biggest clubs in Europe. I think that's definitely something that, uh, you know, that, that I think that is definitely a good move for his career. So I can clearly see why Milan want to bring him in on a permanent transfer. Um, you know, he is sort of like, I think that while, while he still has a bit to work on, especially in the defensive asset, um, but also in terms of, you know, his passing and, and just, I think, improving under pressure, um, and which is to be expected for such a young player. I think that having a player like him who can, you know, play on either flank uh, as a left back or a right back 
who can also, you know, do a job in as a winger, as we saw at Manchester United. Um, you know, he can definitely be a very valuable utility player for Milan. And you do need players like that in the squad. So I definitely think it would be the best for for his career um, to to seek a permanent move away from United. I think that that ship has sailed. Ship has sailed. Given the fact that Solskjaer will probably remain as a United manager for the upcoming season, that he clearly doesn't rate Delote uh, as highly as Stefano Pioli does. I definitely think that it's best for him, uh, best for all three parties, really, to for for them to seek a permanent move to Milan this summer. Well, regarding Dalo, you know that uh, we are representing him also since several years. So uh, I think he's got it all, like Zach uh, said. Um, so he can play in both uh, sides as a left uh, um, back or a right back. And he's a, for me, he's a, a full back. So he's, he's uh, um, attacking, he's an amazing player. Um, so it was the task for me for the big teams. Uh, like he is right now, and uh, we will see what happens because he's on the, on loan without option to buy. We will see what happens. It's uh, a matter of uh, the the teams to. He's happy there, so I can say that he's very happy there in Milan, and uh, we will see what happens in in the future. But uh, uh, I cannot say that because he's still linked with Manchester United that he didn't succeed in in Manchester United. So the 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 times that he had the opportunity, he played well. So I think it was a matter of liking or disliking or for personal reasons, maybe, I don't know. But uh, when the, he had minutes, he proved that he is, is a player for that level. So for me, it's very important to point out because I, I don't know if he will come back or not. Um, but uh, uh, in, this, uh, the, in this season, we had like five or six teams, top teams willing to sign him. So we, we, he decided for himself because is a is a player that uh, likes to to decide for his future, of course, and we we help him to 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 make this move. And was uh, I think that he is doing very well. So we will see what what happens in the future. I hope that uh, it will it, it will stay there because I think it will be a good move. But we never know. Yeah, I mean, Dennis. I I mean, I know you're a United fan. I don't think you'll find many United fans who will say that. Delote is a bad player. I mean, he he clearly has a lot of talent. I just think it was just a bad situation. Sometimes the coach just is not a fan of a player for for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, he, he ends up succeeding in, in another club of a similar stature. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, we know that he's a high potential player, um, someone that we've all looked forward to for several years now, um, since, obviously, Man United got him. But I think um, injuries have definitely played a role in uh, him not being able to have the, the chances at Man United. But yeah, he's definitely played um, well when he's come into the team. Um, I think one of the major things is that I think Solskjaer doesn't trust him defensively. Uh, I, I think a lot of people say that Dalo isn't very good defensively. I don't, think that it's that, I don't think it's that he's not good. I just think that he's just not as good 1v1 as Wan-Bissaka, you know, which fullback is as good as Wan-Bissaka 1v1. He's one of the best in the world. But I think Solskjaer likes having that defensive um, solidity to, you know, come back on um, that I th don't think Dalo provides. I think Dalo provides a different threat, which is more to do with crossing the ball. He has um, what I would say is a much cleaner technique um, to cross the ball, to hit the ball, than 
um, Wan-Bissaka. So it would definitely definitely be interesting to see if Dalo will come back to Man United and be reintegrated into the squad and given um, a bigger chance next season, or if he's going to stay at um, AC Milan. Um, Vitor, do you have any other thoughts? Any final thoughts? About, about uh, Dalo or about other players? Uh, about Dalo. About Dalo. Uh, no, we will see what happens. I, I, I think uh, I think that he has a clear chance to, to to stay there. He's happy there, so we will see. But of course, he's under contract with with Manchester United, so he will respect the 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 what will happen between clubs if they make an arrangement between them. If the if they can consume a deal, if not, he will go back to to his contract and to 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 try to to have a, a space in the squad. We will see. So he's a player that uh, is resilient. So. He, 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 if he will go back to, to Manchester United, he will, he will, he will try for sure to, to line up again. Yeah. Um, Zach, final thoughts on, on Dalu? I mean, I, I would just say that, you know, even if the players move to a club like United, you know, the, the gap from Porto to United is obviously a huge gap. We've seen that with Alex Tellez hasn't really worked out for him either that, it, uh, to to um, you know the degree that was expected, I think. But uh, you know, just because a move doesn't really work out, just because a player doesn't uh, win a starting spot, doesn't mean there aren't some positive you know factors, and that doesn't mean there are there aren't any benefits from that move. I, I think that Delote has probably learned a lot and has improved on the training ground uh, by you know surrounding himself with a higher level of competition, and I think we're seeing some examples of that. Uh, in, in, in his time at Milan, you know, I think that he is a better player for playing and, and training with players such as Paul Pogba and, you know, Romelu Lukaku. I, I think that uh, it's, it's too easy to just say that there was no benefit whatsoever. I think that, you know, taking the leap, taking the, t- taking the risk to, to join a top club like Manchester United, it's, it's obviously a big risk. But I think that it has paid some dividends when you watch Dalot uh at Milan and compare him to to where he was before um so yeah I mean he's just he's a very promising young player uh Portugal have an incredible uh display have an incredible collection of right backs you know when looking at players such as Ricardo Pereira and Joao Cancelo so it'll be very tough for him to break into the team but I think that Milan is definitely the right place for him uh and and like I said I think he could be a very useful a uh, utility player for the long in in the long term uh, for Stefano Pioli. Hope so. Is Dennis there? Uh, Dennis. Oh, yeah! I didn't realize um, I was muted for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously Diogo Dalo, he has his he has his work cut out for him. Um, he, he wants to obviously end this season with a bit of silverware with AC Milan. Um, obviously, them being title contenders this season, back to where they used to be. Um, so yeah, for the for the near future, I'm pretty sure that that's one of the only things that he'll be concentrating on. Um, but yeah, his long-term future is definitely something of particular intrigue to a lot of people um, around the globe. Um, next up, I wanted to move on to our Talent of the Week section. So obviously, like I mentioned last 
um, episode that um, in the Talent of the Week section, we'll be talking about one player from Portugal or one Portuguese player that we particularly like. Um, and yeah, so Zach, who's your player of the week or your young player of the week, star of the week? So this was really tough for me. I, I kept on, man, I, I, I had a lot of options for this one. Um, I considered both Francisco Conceição, who thought I had a fantastic game against Boa Vista, really turned the tide in Porto's favor. Um, I also considered Albert Ellis, who you know, had a very good performance um, as, as well for, for Boa Vista, you know, coming in from Houston and, and, and has had some good performances against the bigger teams in Portugal. Um, but I'm actually going to have to go for a bit more of a wild card option. This player, he's not that young. He's only, I think, 25 years old, so not, not that young. Uh, he wasn't born in Portugal either, and he doesn't play in Portugal but still a very uh, promising player. And his name is Honi Lopes. So Honi Lopes, uh, born in Brazil, moved to Portugal at a young age, developed in Benfica's academy, then joined uh, Manchester City, uh, you know, playing in the youth ranks, actually developed under Patrick Vieira for the youth teams, ended up joining, ended up playing uh, at, at Monaco and Lille, um, before before going to Sevilla in I believe it was 2019 uh, didn't quite manage to to solidify a starting spot Sevilla I think kind of struggled with both the level of competition as well as just the the style of play in Spain but he he joined Nice on loan um, and reuniting with Patch Vieira obviously Vieira has 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 left you know been dismissed but had a very impressive performance against Paris Saint-Germain um, at, at the weekend. You know, it, it, Nice came very close to winning that match thanks to Honi's uh, really impressive performance. Really just all the attacks were running through uh, Honi Lopes, who, you know, has played for Portugal's, both their Portugal's, Portugal's youth teams as well as their senior team. So, uh, you know, very, very good performance from him. And uh, he'll be looking to build on that ahead of the Euros. Uh, it's obviously a ton of competition uh, for to to win a roster spot. You know, going up against players such as João Felix and Bernardo Silva. So it may be too much of an ask to expect him to to get into the team. But I think that you know, going forward, you know, potentially potentially a World Cup spot if he can build on that performance against PSG. And, and, you know, develop into a consistent performer for Nice. Um, I think he'll definitely be a player to, to keep an eye on. Uh, he's always had a ton of potential. We saw that both at Monaco and Lille. Um, I think probably a player who's definitely more suited to the style of play in Ligue 1 than in, in Spain or another league. Um, but, you know, he definitely showed against Paris Saint-Germain what he's made of and and just how talented and how effective he can be uh, so yeah definitely a player who you know at, at 25 years old still has a lot of potential and still uh, a ways away from from reaching his ceiling yeah definitely i think um Ronnie Lopes is obviously uh, a very good player. He did. I remember seeing him at Monaco quite a bit. I did think that he was a player with good potential, but um, he at the, at the time that I was watching him about two years ago, I didn't think um, that he was 
someone that would turn into the player that he looks like he can turn into now. Um, he looks a lot a lot lighter on his feet. He looks quicker with the ball. His technical um, ability looks a bit more refined. I think those little tweaks have just helped him perhaps take it up to the next level. Um, Vitor, do you have a young player or a player in general that you think our audience may not know about that you would like to shed some light on? I need to, to point out one of my other players that I think is going to be a huge star. So it's Thiago Tomas, Titi, from, from Sporting. So he's doing a great, great season with 18 years old. And uh, is facing now um, a, a huge test because, you know, Paulinho was signed in Sporting. So we will see what happened. Because until now, he had a, a, a place in the squad. Uh, and now we don't we don't know how it's going because I think that uh, Thiago was already familiar with the way that Sporting was playing and was playing really good. And now with Paulinho, uh, I think some uh, some routines will change. So this will be also a, a challenge to the team and to the to the coach to see how he will fit Paulinho into this this game that was already organized and was doing well. So uh, for for Thiago Tomas. Uh, we will see what, what, what happens, if he will still have the, the same opportunities that he had before or if, if he will uh, face this, this, this challenge. Or maybe they, they can play uh, both to, to, together, we will see. But he's a huge talent that has got everything, mentality, uh, the speed. Uh, so I think that he's already linked with some of the, the biggest clubs in Europe. And uh, for sure, he will not stay um, more than two seasons in Sporting. We will see what happens. Yeah, he had a very impressive performance, I thought, against Benfica um, a few a few weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I, I do think it, it was interesting to see him linked with Arsenal. Uh, that's, yeah. you know, I think that um, definitely a, an interesting proposition looking at players such as Obviously, Aubameyang has recently renewed his contract, but uh, there is definitely a possibility that Alexander Lacazette uh, leaves in the summer, as well as Polarin Balogun, as well as Eddie Nketiah. So they could certainly be in the market for a center forward this summer. Uh, do you think that uh, that Thiago Tomas is ready for a team uh, of Arsenal stature? Uh, well, I don't know if if the, if it is to to, to line up. We don't know, okay. So, so we, sometimes we we need to 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 experiment to to to, to be sure. But he's got the the, the mentality, uh, I think, because you see, uh, when you see a young player um, playing against Mifika and with this uh, the with the with the way that he he, he acts like natural, so we we'll see that he's uh, he's got a strong mentality. So it's very important when you make a big step like this. To, to have the mentality, not only the quality, but to be strong. And so he's, he's, he has this kind of, of strongness. So we will see. We will see what happens. Yeah, um, I, I really like Joe. Uh, I think he's, he's a very good player um, that can turn into, you know, um, someone that's clearly, you know, one of these players that we consider too good for the league and someone that's going to uh, eventually leave the league. Um, Obviously, only 18 years of age, uh, still a young teenager, you know, same age as what Fabio Silva. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, he's definitely one, one for the future. Um, you know, how, how his future will turn out, obviously, at the age of 18. It's hard to tell, you know, with young players 
um, it can go in any which way. But yeah, he definitely does look like he can turn into um, one of the better players that Sporting and um, that Portugal have on the whole um, for this next generation. Um, for for my player, I wanted to talk about um, a Sporting player who I've really enjoyed since last season watching, and that's um, Eduardo Quaresma. Um, I think he's uh, he's in he what he came onto the scene at 18 years of age, playing at centre back. Um, you know. Playing on the Amorim this season as well, uh, he's done he's done fairly well for himself. Um, he obviously suits that free at the back. The Amorim likes to play. Um, he's got the he has looked like he's physically ready for um, to to be able to play for Sporting. You know, at only eighteen years of age, you expect that maybe he's not physically ready yet. Uh, he still has to adapt to you know professional football. But I think he's definitely looked like he's um, got that a build that physical ability to be able to step up and you know deliver for sporting this season and I, I struggle to think of how sporting will be able to keep him um you know not even just beyond this summer if they manage to keep him this summer I think it'll be a massive job well done but I really don't see him staying in Portugal beyond you know summer 2022 at, at the latest. Um Vitor what are your thoughts on um Eduardo Quaresma? Uh, it was my ex-player, so um, I, I, I can say uh, um, something uh, about him, of course. I don't want to be misjudged, but um, he's a, a, a huge talent, uh, for sure. Uh, when, uh, when Ruben Amorim got to the team, he had a lot of, uh, of uh, games, he had the opportunity, but somehow... Um, this season is not happening the, the, the same as last season. So I don't know if he's already uh, uh, to, 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 to leave Sporting. I think he, he still needs to prove in Sporting that he can go beyond that. And it's a, a player that uh, I think needs to be more humble to understand uh, the, 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 the times of the game, to understand what the, the coach wants for, for him and for, for his team. And th that's, I think, the only reason he's not lining up uh, um, now and don't have um, more games than, than he did before. Because he's got every qualities that the uh, central back can, can, can have. So this is my personal opinion and not my agency opinion. But uh, I, it, it's a huge talent, and uh, for sure, that if he changed some things uh, of of his um, um, personal behavior, it will be much better. That's that's my 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 status. I say, uh, Zach, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with Vitor and and you. I I mean, he he did have a very, very promising end uh, to last season under Ruben Aburim. So it's definitely been a bit surprising why he hasn't um, had more playing time. Obviously, sporting are challenging for the title. So, you know, you, you can't just give out uh, playing time to, to youth players for the sake of it. You know, you need to choose the best player possible. Um, but with that being said, you know, he is a talented center back, another player who could potentially challenge for that uh, vacancy of, of, of Jose Font and, and Pep. Pepe in a few years, um, very good on the ball and, and has, you know, a lot of characteristics. Um, but yeah, I mean, he really hasn't played much. I think the last game he played was uh, against Tio Av, if I'm not mistaken. 
and he, he did sort of have a mistake uh, for for the exporting player Jelson Dallas uh, equalizer and you know allowed Hiwav to to take um, a point from that match. So yeah, and, and I mean I I can't speak as much as, as with as much information as Vitor, but I I have um, I, I have read. Um, in like Abola or, or Hekor, I'm not sure which which newspaper it is that that Amorim is is not a fan of his like lack of commitment or or attitude um, in in the training sessions, and so um, you know as a young player you need to understand that the coach is going to is going to uh, pick the best player for the team, and you know maybe it would have been better for Sporting to to loan him out in the January transfer window if they knew that he wasn't going to be playing much in the first team. Um, so, you know, you you are competing with uh, veteran, you know, impressive veteran players such as uh, Sebastian Coates yeah. and Zuhair Fedal. So it is tough for a young player. But, um, yeah, I mean, any young player needs to understand that you, you aren't guaranteed a spot in the first team in the starting lineup just because you're you've got a lot of potential you know you need to earn that um yeah. and maybe he'll have to earn that on loan I, I only time will tell but uh i was very impressed with him from 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 what i saw in, in the latter stages of last season so yeah a bit surprised that he hasn't played more um also a bit surprised why he didn't leave on loan in in the january window but um you know, if he if he wants if he thinks that he can, you know, stay in the team and, and challenge uh, for for a first team spot and you know convince Amorim that he's worthy and deserving of a starting spot. You know, all the all the power to him. Um, he's clearly a talented young center back, and you know I, I do hope that whatever off the field issues or 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 training issues that he may have, uh, I do hope that that he fixes them and 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 convinces Amorim that he's worthy of more playing time. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that he has to work on. Um, it would have been interesting to see him go out on loan to uh, one of the lower clubs in Portugal. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely a very high potential player, someone that will be competing with Carmo for, uh, in the future for one of Portugal's um, centre-back slots. Um, there are obviously plenty of players that are going to be competing for that that spot, you know, we have Diogo Light um, playing for Porto. Obviously, he has been playing at left back a bit, at um, on the fullback a bit, and obviously he's more comfortable at centre back. Um, there's Diogo Queiroz, there's um, Carmo and Quaresma. So, in, I, I think in general in Portugal there are there are plenty of centre backs um, that are vying for that spot in the future next to uh, Ruben Diaz, which we assume um, is pretty much going to start in every single game. Um, I think that's all we're going to have time for in today's episode. Um, I've I've enjoyed this a lot. I think um, we've had a, a good amount of insight uh, from Vitor and from Zach as well um, on on different players, uh, different Portuguese players and different players in Portugal. Um, so, Vitor, I'd like to thank you for coming on, um, you know, taking yes. time out of your day. And uh, thank you very much to, to Zach as well. You know, obviously, we know that you, you have um, a busy... A busy day as well and yeah we i think a lot of people are going to enjoy listening to this um episode um any final words vitor 
So I, I just want to, to point out what we were talking before about the mentality of, of the, the players. Young players or old players doesn't matter because uh, when the team scout for players, they scout for qualities. Okay? And mentality, normal, is not one of the qualities, but it's very important to know the mentality of the player because it makes all the difference uh, how it will, it will behave on the training sessions, on the game and everything. So it's something that uh, the clubs need to, to pay more attention, I think, in the future, because it's, this will be, uh, especially for the young players, it will be very important the way that they will succeed or not succeed. Okay? So um, in general, um, I, I'm, I'm a businessman. I, I work in football, as you all know. And uh, uh, there's a, a lot of uh, qualities that the Portuguese players are known uh, for. And the way that they adapt in different cultures, um, different styles of games, different languages. So they, it's very easy to, to, to adapt. And one of the, these things that makes it easy to adapt is the mentality, the working mentality. Okay? But some players have more strongly and the others don't. Okay, so the players, and we, we try to teach this to, to young players, they need to understand the mentality, okay? To work hard, to wait for the, 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 that moment that they need. If it's 19 minutes, it's 19 minutes. If it's five minutes, they need to, to get in with, with the same amateurs that, that if they were playing all the game. And some young players don't understand this. So we as agents, we have to teach them, we have to, to pressure these, these triggers, to, to, to try to, to, to make them succeed. So I think this is something that really needs to, to be pointed out. Yeah, yeah and just to touch up on what Vitor said, I mean, Dennis, you and I, I mean, as, as fans, as journalists, we don't really have the same insight that coaches and agents do in terms of this attitude. You know, we know what they play like on the pitch, but we aren't really aware of their attitudes. Um, and it did remind me of, of Sergio Conceição's press conference after the uh the the game obviously it never never somebody who who masks what he's thinking never someone to mince words um but you know after the game he said it's not enough to have a contract it's not enough to be beautiful in social media it's not enough uh to to be from the academy this was the worst first half in porto's history <laughs> so <laughs> Obviously, Conceição is is somebody who, who you know, has a lot of critics and has a lot of fans, but who who has that experience of working with young players from the academy, such as Diogo Leite, such as you know our our old friend uh, Diogo Dalot. Uh, so you know, you do have to take these kinds of stuff into account then when looking at why players are not playing as much. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's so important for a player to have a good attitude and, and to be humble and, and to just constantly striving to improve themselves. Um, you know, not just in terms of, in terms of, you know, doing well on the pitch when you do get the opportunity, but also training well with teammates and being a team player. Um, so yeah, absolutely, absolutely vital, but yeah, I don't have anything else to say besides that. Um, it was a pleasure to have Vitor on. And exactly. without a doubt, definitely going to be the first of many collaborations uh, between BTL and Pro 11. So super excited Hope for so. that. And uh, yeah, great job again, Dennis, on hosting the podcast. And really excited for next week because we have Vasco Samuko on the podcast. 
So incredibly excited for that podcast as well uh, on episode two of Corta Líneas. Good luck. Good luck for you all. Okay, thank you for having me again. Thank you, Vitor. All right, have a good day, Vitor and Zach, and have a good day, everyone at home.